to Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I am your host, Trisha Carr. Welcome to this episode. I'm really excited about my guest and all of the topics that will be covered. Spirit is really just working powerfully with everyone. My goodness, everyone that I'm coming into contact with, my clients, my students, my friends, my family. And so I really know that this episode is going to be packed with a lot of power and a lot of love. It has to do with, not that they all aren't, (laughs) they all are. I'm just saying, I feel a special kind of, resonance with this. It could have a lot to do with the season two being right around the equinox. And so, you know, just welcome. I want to say welcome to you all. And before I bring on my guest, I have a couple of announcements. First of all, I want to encourage you all to, of course, like, subscribe, share, comment, and review the podcast. That would be super helpful because um, if you review it and if you leave a rating, then it actually bumps it up in that algorithm and it helps us all to connect, create more of a community. Everyone that listens and comes to an experience together in love is connecting that soul energy and we are truly shifting this world shifting the whole universe so if you are if you do listen on apple Podcasts, just go ahead and find the review you can look at it just scroll down on the podcast and you'll see a way to do that and i would so appreciate it and of course you can watch on youtube live every week and on uh, facebook and different outlets like that Uh, you can actually find it on a broadcast window on my website and so it's a lot of fun to watch live to connect with it in the moment And I'm actually adding a lot more to my podcast. So this coming week, I'm going to be adding a lot of minis. So just about every day, there's going to be something coming out on the podcast feed and on my YouTube channel. So stay tuned, you guys. Share, please. And also, I want to invite you to sign up for my newsletter, which you can find by just going to my website, trishacarcharm.com, because I'm going to be announcing my animal communication program. I'm going to be starting that. That registration will open in the next week, as well as a a subscription program and a new coaching program that I'm offering. And the newsletter is a really great way to stay on top of that. And speaking of reviews, I just want to share one before we get started. It's a new review, and I just have to read it because it's so adorable and really, really sweet. And it comes from someone named M. Adal, it's it's right there public, so I'm not telling anyone's business. <laughs> and the review says, truly life-changing. My friend shared this podcast with me with a caveat that it was a little out there, which I love. <laughs> and I was so new to the world of intuitives that I got a little nervous hearing about channeling archangels, despite my Christian upbringing that does believe in angels. But Trisha's wisdom in every single episode offers a fresh, in-depth take on an old truth that resonates so true with my life that this has become my favorite podcast. Well, thank you. Channeling aliens, cat people. I knew cats. The musical was divine. Fairies, gnomes, and unicorns. I never thought I'd say this, but bring it on. So thank you so much for that review. And I want to—I wanted to. It was inspired to actually share this because of my guest as well. She is Tess, Tess Whitehurst. She believes that life is magical. Tess has written nine books that have been translated into 18 languages. She's also the founder and facilitator of the Good Vibe Tribe online school of magical arts. And she's the co-host of Magic Monday podcast. And her, her partner in the podcast, her co-host is Natasha Levenger. The latest book by Tess is called Unicorn Magic. And she's the co-creator of the 2020 Your Most Magical Year Yet Planner. So Unicorn Magic. Hi, Tess. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm I'm really excited for everyone who's listening to get to know you. If you guys don't listen to Magic Monday, did I say it right? Is that the name of the yeah. podcast? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, did I just make that up? <laughs> There's so much magic going on. If you don't listen to Magic Monday, I you, you gotta, because Natasha and Tess are so beautiful, so loving, and actually bring you so much energy and information and practical tips. I, I can't, I can't uh, you know, recommend it highly enough. So Tess, why don't you tell folks, just get folks into, I don't know, your journey, the work that you're doing, whatever it is you uh, you can, you know, share with the magic that is Tess Whitehurst. Thank you. Okay, well, let's see. Let's start with life is magical. Right. That is, to me, that's the, that's my spiritual path is remembering the magic of nature, mm. the magic of, you know, everything that is not the human language, like the the silent magic that's always Mm. going on, the communication energetically with all things, 
all living things, all seemingly inanimate things, like waking up to the magic of the moment, because that's really the mystery of this life is relentless. It's beautiful. It's endlessly inspiring. And when, you know, we feel bored, we feel annoyed, you know, hassled by waiting in line at the bank or going to the DMV or just, you know, those those daily things, um, everyday kind of things. That's the illusion. The illusion Mm. is that life is boring. Life is, you know, filled with hassles. And the truth is that life is beautiful and every single day is beautiful. So when I have days where, um, maybe I'm worrying about something a lot or I'm really self-conscious or I'm focusing on something that isn't love and isn't presence, then it, it's that the spiritual path is finding a way back yes. into that present moment magic, that appreciation of simple things like mm. my just being present with people I love, um, being present with my cat, yeah. looking at a tree, feeling the joy of, you know, gravity, just weighing me down on the earth in this mysterious body that heals itself. Mm. Um, you know, that's that's kind of my thing. I hope I, I sort of paraphrased it well. We Well, I think we are soul sisters for sure. Because <laughs> it's like you just <laughs> described my purpose in so my too. life. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. the reason this, this show is called Charmed Life, you know, charm yeah. being the magical element. And yeah, I've, I've commu- you know, communicate. I've learned more from in seemingly inanimate objects and animals and trees and beetles and tortoises. <laughs> I've learned more universal wisdom from that communication truly than any human spiritual teacher living past. And so uh, we're, we're right here, girl. I mean, we could, I guess we could yeah. end. We end it right here. That's it. And thank you for joining us. Be magical. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> how, how did, did you have this experience your whole life? Is I mean, obviously, I think we can all see a through line. Mm-hmm. And did you have some kind of awakening or how did you come into the work that you do? Well, you know, I think every child is magical yeah. and then we learn um, the know, ways of the, the illusion. illusion. <laughs> yeah, the illusion that it's not magical, that the mm-hmm. world is not magical. But I do. My mom told me. I don't remember this, but my mom told me that as a child, she discovered that I was seeing auras and mm-hmm. that I thought everyone did. And mm-hmm. She said that I said something to her like in passing about you know the colors around people's heads and shoulders and so many people yes I have a lot of friends whose mothers remember them saying that yeah interesting the colors around people's heads in particular because that's you know the the brightest I think and most colorful resonance and that's and I see babies I don't know if you've ever a friend of my one of my good friends her baby when he was about probably eight eight to ten months old I remember and she was holding him up to meet me and he was looking all around my head oh, yeah. and going ooh, ooh. Oh. and I was like whoa he's totally seeing my aura oh, <laughs> yeah. now that you say that I can think of babies doing that yeah. like that and that look of just joy I mean and that is babies that's part of why we all love them so much is because they are just right in that doorway between mm-hmm. you know that just being the liminal one space with everything yeah. and yeah they remember that mm-hmm. that's so beautiful so yeah I, I apparently saw auras when I was a kid I sometimes do as an adult but it's spontaneous I can't like mm-hmm. I can sense them but mm-hmm. every once in a while I seem to see them with my physical sight mm. um and then also I remember as a child I remember one day that I missed my cousin, Logan. He was my best friend. And for some reason, I hadn't seen him for a few days. I mean, I was like three or four. And I remember going into the backyard and um, like gathering leaves and then scattering them to the wind and sensing that I was making contact with Logan. Oh, (laughs) I love it. I know. So I must have like intuitively been doing magic as a child. Tiny little witch. Uh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I just, I mean, I would say also I happen to have uh, two parents who both are pretty tuned in magically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't really realize that till I was an adult that they just both have a kind of a magical worldview that they Mm -hmm. imparted to me. They were both raised Catholic Mm -hmm. and then weren't really Catholic anymore, but um, they just kind of had this awareness of the law of attraction Mm -hmm. and 
interconnection and like psychic phenomena that I just was raised around. Oh, and my family has a funeral chapel. So my dad's family. So I grew up around mm. the funeral chapel like, wow. going to work with my dad sometimes. And so that's a really mystical place that I still love going to this, to this day. Right, right there in that transitional space <laughs> of, of passing. And, yeah. you know, Catholicism really does have a lot of kind of sensual and mystical elements to it. Of course, there's that many is. different perspectives of any system, but there's definitely a very, you know, you, when you think of Catholicism, I just think of vibrant colors and incense and, you know, mm-hmm. as, as a part of it and it really, you know, connecting with different entities who could be helpful guides. So it's totally. very, really has a mystical kind of lean to it, even though your parents, you know, moved out of it. It's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. that maybe the mysticism part was something that in this incarnation they wanted to stay and tapped in with or understand a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think so too. And I I, I would not at all call myself Catholic, but I do love working with saints, Mm -hmm. certain saints I love working with and and definitely archangels. Yes, the archangels. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually, after uh, our podcast today, I'm a teaching a little class, well, teaching a class, I'm channeling um, Archangel Shamuel um, uh, in a series that, that's on the triune complex, the triune being. And so, um, what was it, last week? Yes, it, I channeled um, Haniel about mm. the body, and then this is Shamuel communicating about the mind. So um, tell, So, what kind of, so do you, you do one-on-one sessions? Tell everyone about the kind of work that you do now. Well, I haven't been doing one-on-one sessions anymore. Okay. I have, um, I do teach the Good Vibe Tribe Online School of Magical Arts. So every Tuesday night we have a live web chat mm. and it's like we do a ritual and meditation and then have Q&A and sort of like a topic that we focus on as far as magical and spiritual living. And then as part of the Good Vibe Tribe, there's a um, Divine Resonance Magic certification course. Mm. So some people want to do that, which is uh, it's to, I teach in that one. It's all the same workshops that are in the good vibe tribe, but then there's also another workshop that is about how to do intuitive counseling sessions Mm -hmm. Mm one-on-one. And so I kind of, once people started getting certified in that area, I kind of switched over and put those people on my website, the certified people so that those are the people that I refer for sessions. Oh, that's great. Um, Yeah. And I have, yeah, sort of phased out the sessions. Right, right. That's great. I, I do, it's exactly what I'm working into with my next animal communication program. Oh. Because I w- also I, w- I really want with the animal communication and having folks that I've worked with who are certified. One reason for me, only one of the reasons, is because when there are lost animals, people's you know family members, animal family members who are lost, the way that I do that is I have to be in person because I use my body as the divining rod and we can oh. walk to them. And yeah. since I'm you know I mean like I just live here, right. <laughs> so if I can get a lot of people certified and and some people do it remotely and and it does it works remotely as well I actually will scry on a map and circle areas and they'll be accurate but often the human who's lost them is in just such distress it's hard for them to use their intuition and so yeah um, anyway speaking of using magic animals are animals and children you know they just are magic they just are completely in that subconscious that liminal space that interbetween or the integrated even the integrated experience of the whole energy um so yeah. that's i love i love all of the um i love the good vibe tribe how long have you been doing that program um that was launched in january 2016 so oh, 16, 17 18 19 almost four years that's amazing, and, and it's a, a beautiful little community, I'm sure, though. Oh, it is. It's, <laughs> I am continually astounded. We have a Facebook live group, but we also, like with the Divine Resonance Magic Practitioners, we have mastermind groups, so I get to meet with people on Zoom and see their faces, and there's people from, well, there's specifically one uh, in that group that's in Australia, and then there's other people all over the United States, and in the Good Vibe Tribe, there's numerous people from all over and it's just so fun and the people that it attracts are really spectacular souls. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love it. It's so, so great. And you call it the Magical Arts School, which is funny because I call mine Mystic Arts Academy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just have so much, we have so much overlap. I love it. I know. We'll have to get together when I go to LA next. Please, please. That'd be so fun. So ta- let's talk about Unicorn Magic, this book that oh, yeah. it's your most recent book. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It actually comes out in, in November. Oh, terrific. Okay, great. So we can put, is, the, is it on pre-sale right now? 
Yes. Okay, good. So then however you're listening or watching, we will have a link in the description for the for you to be able to pre-purchase it and then or purchase it in November after November of 2019. So tell us all about it. I'm super excited to hear about it. It is really interesting because of all my books, this is the one that I feel like is the most its own thing. Like it just really just came through me. Like I, mm. um, Llewellyn, my publisher actually asked me if I would write it. And then I had this leap of joy in my heart. I was like, <laughs> yes, like instantly there was no, I didn't think about it for one second because I felt so much joy. I was like a definite yes. And then and even right now, I'm like, I can't, it's so amazing to me that I wrote a whole book about unicorns and that it just, it was this really high vibration thing that came through because, I mean, unicorns, obviously, they're so archetypally present mm. in our culture right now. And there's a really good reason for that. It's so interesting how they... Um, you know, it's kind of the story, the mainstream story is like, oh, rainbows and unicorns, like it's just like the most, the best example of woo-woo or just like, you know, fluffiness, but it's really not. That's what's so interesting is yeah. when you look at the symbolism and the messages, the associations of unicorns that have been around for thousands of years in both East and West, mm -hmm. Unicorns are so, like, they're actually really fierce. They're mm -hmm. really fiercely protective. They're fiercely independent. Like, you can't, they would rather die than be trapped. Mm. And they're, um, they're, they're, the purification magic of them, like the story in the Middle Ages was, I mean, this was really, they really believed that there were physical unicorns, mm -hmm. that if you could get their horn, that the horn would neutralize any poison, that mm -hmm. if there was like a swamp that was toxic and fetid, that if a unicorn dipped his or her horn into that swamp, that it would be like just pure, healthy drinking water. And so there's just so many ways. I mean, they're related to alchemy. They're related to whimsy, imagination, courage, just all of these things that our culture, the healing of the planet and of humans relationship with the planet, it's all there and it all came through in the book in a way that was like how to deeply actually connect with unicorn guides and unicorn energy in order to create positive change in the world and in your life. And it was just like such a deep like current of alignment when I mm. wrote it. Oh, I love it so much. You know, when I, <clears throat> when I um, put my awareness on my unicorn guide or one of my unicorn guides, but I have one in particular, a master energy that is sort of the unicorn energy that I feel. And when I put my awareness on uh, the, the pronoun I usually use is him, <laughs> they're very androgynous, but <laughs> when I, or let's say it, and we'll go on a walk and I can feel the energy very viscerally like you know what I mean like I could put my hand out and and feel a change of texture of the energy next yeah. to me and yeah. it's so strong and powerful and you said you know as you mentioned that unicorns are very present right now and have yeah. you do you work with or you've heard of the archangel called Christiel no tell me about Christiel well the reason I bring up Christiel is that so do you know who Diana Cooper is Yes. Okay, so Diana Cooper talks about the connection between Christiel and unicorns. And, you know, Diana oh. Cooper talks about and has, you know, cards that are, I believe she has some oracle cards that are unicorn cards, but she talks about mm -hmm. unicorns a lot. And the archangel Christiel and that the, these two, uh, that these aspects are related to one another and says that, oh. she said that Christiel is sort of being being really much more known now than before as the unicorns are in a similar way oh. that... The ascension energy, the way that we have ascended, are welcoming and being able to resonate with the Archangel Christiel. And Archangel Christiel, as you can imagine, has that the word Christ in yeah. the name. And so it's about that divinity becoming human or the word of God, the human being the word of God. And it also resonates with, uh, I say it, uh, Christiel sometimes is felt masculine or feminine, very androgynous oh. as well, like the unicorns. But with that high heart chakra... And um, that turquoise high heart chakra mm -hmm. and that, you know, anyway, so that's uh, the Archangel Christia. Yeah, I love it. I am going to start working with Christia. Check <laughs> that out. That sounds so cool. Yeah, do. Uh -huh. And tell me, <laughs> tell me what you pick up. <laughs> I will. But yeah, unicorn energy is really similar to Archangel mm -hmm. energy. How yes. it's like this 
this like rush of positive mm-hmm. energy, just this like divine current that you can tap into in your magical and spiritual work. So I just think that's so fascinating. My podcast co-host Natasha has recently been reading Diane Cooper and I have like, you know, perused Diane Cooper in the new age bookstore, but I haven't delved deeply into her, but this is a reminder that maybe now's the time. <laughs> That's great. I actually, one of my podcast episodes, it was uh, probably more than one, was on unicorns. That's why I think that review <laughs> mentioned unicorns and she found it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I teach, I have a little a, a little class that's on um, elemental, nature elementals, and I include in there dragons and unicorns as ultra elementals, the ones that, you know, are really very much in the archangel or the angelic realm of light. So do you work yeah. with dragons as well? Do you, have you gotten into dragons? I haven't yet, but I can see now that you say that the dragon energy in you, you're such a dragon priestess, aren't oh, you? thank you. I love that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see it. I just, you have it. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Well, uh, so, and have you been connecting? Obviously, we connect with unicorns. It's very common in our childhood and the inner child knows that unicorns are real do you connect with unicorns as being um you know the incarnate or the ascended soul of horses that had previously been incarnated or how do you does any of that do you work any of that out or is it just they're angelic or you know how do you I haven't really thought about that I mean I can see they're definitely related to horses horses have that sweet very very sweet very Mm -hmm. wise presence that's aligned with nature and Definitely, now that you're saying that, the way that horses have, like, they're such a transition species, like, they help humans connect with nature Mm. and help humans connect with spirit, and they've made that conscious evolutionary decision to work with humans. Mm -hmm. So I could definitely see that for sure. And just think about how horses seem to be the one animal that invoke in humans the telepathic or the energetic communication more commonly than you know obviously we have dogs and cats and and birds even in our homes and i but the the you know the horse whisperer and how people just really feel that ascended kind of communication that meta communication with horses it seems to to me more commonly more easily it's more, like I say, an invocation. It just happens when you're with a horse or even, you know, yeah. when, when riders are with horses and the bodies really become one. Yeah. And like that therapeutic horsemanship is supposed yes. to be just spectacularly Equine therapy, helpful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what else about, uh, do you, in the book, are there techniques and tips to be able to communicate or work with your unicorns? Yeah, there's in every chapter, there's a key. So it's like a meditation that you do in order to attune in a deeper level to the realm of unicorns. And there's definitely one of the meditations is meeting your unicorn guides. In the book, I talk about alchemy, Mm -hmm. how their um, unicorns are aligned with both solar and lunar energy and that if you want to, you can connect with a solar unicorn guide and a lunar unicorn guide and that that can help you to create harmonious balance. It's like a yin and a yang and Mm -hmm. it can help you to also transmute any challenge or situation into positivity. Oh my gosh, I'm so inspired because as I, as you say that I can, that one unicorn guide that I'm talking about is, is lunar and I'm like, oh, it's Ah. time to connect with my solar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of just feel other unicorns just sort of around, but I, you (laughs) know, as having like a, a really interpersonal relationship with, it's really just been one of my unicorns. So, Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. And you know, it's funny. Sure. My unicorn, the name that I have for my unicorn, the, the energy is usually a masculine feeling, even though it's lunar, which is usually associated. It's like very, again, very androgynous. But the name mm-hmm. is Yelena, which is a name we te- typically associate as a feminine name. So it's just like, yeah. they're just so balanced, really. And so they are in their in, It's one of their specialties, alchemy. Yeah. So um, what what are some of the other books that you have written? I love that you that you just go for the mysticism because I think it's such a beautiful art. It's something that I that I really cherish. And you also ground it, which I think is very important. You know, not just being all astral and leaving (laughs) the plane. It's about being human. Yeah, thank you. Well, so um, I don't know. I have many books. Is there one that you connect with? Um, Like a lot of people like Magical Housekeeping. Yes, that that would be great. Okay. Yeah, that was my first book. And so I started in the magical 
world as like my first professional magical person endeavor <laughs> was to be a um, feng shui consultant in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. And so I, but I had already been practicing magic for some time, like crystals and rituals mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. the magical spiritual path. And so I started out by doing feng shui, um, you know, kind of keeping it to feng shui, like what I learned at feng shui school. And then very quickly, once I started to see the dynamic, like what is, how does feng shui actually work? Like seeing it work in people's lives and in my own life, then I realized it is magic. There's no separation. It's a, it's a branch of magic, but um, any other kind of techniques or practices that I wanted to involve, it's like working in the same type of vibe. So that's what magical housekeeping is about. It's about feng shui and also um, just interacting with your home in mm. a magical way in general. Charms, cleaning techniques that yeah. are magical, um, how to position and arrange things in your house in a magical way, and connecting clutter clearing to releasing limiting beliefs and stuck energy, um, and then rituals too that you can use to manifest any number of things. Wow. Yes, because it is, you can use feng shui basically as manifesting technique. Well, especially if you, I mean, the reason that the energy that that would be our manifesting or our creating energy is, it's not truly blocked, but there could be static in our frequency. So uh, yeah, ritualizing that with your actual home space, because the, the, the physical stuff does actually hold energy. It arrests energy. Totally. I just think it, practically if I walk by a pile of mess in my house and then I look at it and go like, you know, even if it's like yeah. kind of unconscious and it takes a little bit of my life force and it maybe totally. gives, I, I kind of have a little self-judgment or, you know, a little rejection of some kind of myself or the space. And so um, you, do, you, do you have a really immaculate home? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, somewhat clean but it, it's in flux you know I tell people it's not about perfection no mm -hmm. one no one's place is perfect that was a thing I had a lot when I uh, did feng shui professionally was and even just when people know you do feng shui professionally you know they get really self-conscious or <laughs> worried like oh no what do you see is something bad gonna happen and you know it I think I definitely think that the home for me, when I learned feng shui, it anchored my magical spiritual practice so much because mm. I just love the way that it made it so practical that you look around your home and of course your home is going to reflect your life. Yeah. And then also your life is going to reflect your home and mm. it's so simple. And then once you see that and know that and know it's really about how you feel. Mm -hmm. So everyone can do this. Everyone can right away. Like you don't have to feel disempowered. You can just know, you know, if your home, if you feel good in your home, if your home makes you feel good, then you have good feng shui. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty simple. But oh, of yeah. course, there are principles that can help you open your eyes to that. And that can help you open your eyes too to what you may be manifesting and how to shift that. Like, for example, imagery is a really quick one that I can, you know, share with your listeners and watchers, mm -hmm. viewers, that if you look at any of the pictures you have on your wall, any of the statues, anything that's an image, even if it is abstract, um, if you ask yourself, what's going on here? And then you tell the story. If it's mm -hmm. abstract, it might be a feeling. If it's a picture, a lot of times when I would do this with my clients, they would start by saying, I'd say, tell me about this picture. And they would start by saying like, oh, I got that when I was in Mexico because it matches the couch, you know, and then I'd be like, okay, but tell me about what's going on in the picture. Like if you had to tell a story about this, you know, point in time that this is depicting this painting or this photo or whatever it is, what would the story be? And whatever story you tell that's going to be showing up in your life. It's wow. your home reflects your life. It's really simple. It's really, it's staggering, you know, to just be like, oh, that is showing up in my life. And then you can um, shift that. So mm -hmm. anytime you pick an image to hang on your wall, you want to make sure it gives you joy. And the story is something that you want to be showing up in your life. So you can also see the alchemy of it. Like, for example, a lot of women, a lot of really powerful, magical women have a lot of powerful, magical 
women on their walls. Maybe they have a lot of goddess statues, a lot of goddess pictures, and that's fantastic. And it can be like, if you also want to manifest a relationship, then you would want to also make sure that you have some, at least some Mm -hmm. pictures, images of the kind of healthy, happy, joyful, romantic relationship that you want to have. So it's not just that you want to feel positive about the imagery, but you want to be like, okay, and can, how can I tweak it and how can I balance it? So every aspect of what I want to manifest and live is represented on my walls. Wow, that's cool. And, and maybe the absence of imagery around the walls would be a, maybe an absence of conscious envisioning, would you think? Well, or... I think it probably depends on the person. Like mm-hmm, some sure. people maybe if they go into a home and it has no, you know, just maybe minimalism is something that nourishes some people mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Like Libras or Gemini's like really airy kind of um, the, the clarity might just really nourish them. I mean, maybe they would want to just have one really positive image or like one to represent each thing they're wanting to manifest at that time. Like maybe they could bring in some simplicity, but you know, other people are going to just thrive with much more imagery. So it's not really like a one sure. size fits all kind of thing. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I, t- I have a lot of imagery in my studio, like in my workplace and in my home. It's, it's a bit more minimal. So that's I, I wonder what that is. I do tend to have a different feeling about my home than my workspace. It's they're very yeah. distinctive, you know, the kind of energies, the way I'm expressing myself. And I'm sure that can as I, at times be imbalance. You know what I mean? Like I'm emphasizing one usually work more than the other. But I, but I think it can be, even though they're distinctive, that it can be quite balanced too. I think I just like variety yeah. generally. Yeah, I mean, to me, that sounds like it could be mm-hmm. that it, a really balanced thing. That you're at work, you have like these are the things I want to weave into my work. These are the things I'm passionate about. And then you're like, and then when I step out of my office, I want to relax. You I just, know, like I just I want a pile of kitties. Manifesting all the time. What's that? <laughs> I just want a pile of kitties. I just want to, <laughs> as I have six cats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They know how they know exactly how to position the energy. <laughs> yeah, they're really good vibes. We have and my husband and me in our li- the only thing that really stands out in our living room is this big painting that our friend did. So right there part of the story is our dear friend who I hardly ever see I almost never see now cuz he lives far away. And so he made it for us. So right there, like the connection and the just yeah. like the, the sweetness of friendship. And it actually, it looks like a tornado. It looks like a vortex. And so I'm thinking, I love the vortex energy. That's basically chakra energy, soul energy. And that's, but at the same time, I guess there could be a shadow side to it, that a tornado is destroying things. But you could oh, always interesting. just, yeah. is it When you look at it, does it feel like violent? Does it no. feel? It feels creative. It's, yeah. And joyful, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe you could just not ha- enhance that. Side. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. unless unless you start to notice that you're like, my life feels like a tornado, then <laughs> <laughs> you can, like, then you can maybe revisit s- it. Yeah, you send know? the energy to the tornado to the vortex. <laughs> Let's have the light side of this. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that's really cool. Wow, thank you. That's really amazing. And so, um, that was work that you that you used to do as a service, actually working with people for doing feng shui, Mm -hmm. helping them. Yeah, I did it quite a lot in feng shui. Yeah, in Los Angeles. And I I mean, I've done it other places, but mostly that was when I was before I started really um, before I moved away from Los Angeles, really, Mm. I was doing um, feng shui professionally. And then I went started focusing more on my books and the good vibe tribe and Mm. intuitive counseling on the phone. But I even did um, remember that show on Bravo that was called Flipping Out. Yes. Uh-huh. I was did a feng shui on that show one time. Oh, how cool. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It was really interesting. <laughs> I love it. Did they how did they receive it? Were they all like, "Oh, it's woo woo" or were they like, "Yeah, this is awesome." How, how? You were receptive. Good. Yeah, Very was, good. I yeah, love it. It was cool. Yeah. That's amazing. So, what are some of the other things that you have what what is your I guess maybe what is your practice like? Not in a way to be invasive. Um, oh no! Yeah, what what does that look like to share? I, people are always interested in like my daily practice personally, yeah. and your per, your personal practice. yeah your personal spiritual um, practice and the way that you get inspired, all of that. Oh well, I have a really beautiful. I have beautiful mornings. Mm-hmm. I will say mm-hmm. I wake up really early. It's just a kind of a natural thing for me, mm-hmm. and um, and I 
do kundalini yoga often in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And then I, every morning I love to meditate. I, meditating every day is a really important thing for me. It's like, me too. Really has, yeah, you too. It's, it's such an, it's especially for spiritual, like intuitive people, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. empathetic people for us to set our boundaries every day, get grounded in our own energy, get grounded in the earth, get grounded in the cosmos, um, and then set our intentions. Like it just because for me, and I think a lot of people who are probably you too, and just really kind of open, mm-hmm. um, if you don't do that, like if I don't do that, I can feel like I can easily just kind of take on other people's emotions and feelings and mm-hmm. get kind of like just thrown off more easily. But when I start by, I like to do a, what I call magical hygiene meditation. So mm-hmm. I ask Archangel Michael and Archangel Raphael to clear my energy and surround me in a sphere of light in which only love remains through which only love may enter. And I do a clearing for my home. I ask them to clear my home and ask angels to protect it, to clear my cars and protect my cars. And I call on St. Christopher mm. to protect my cars, my, my car and my boyfriend's car. And then I clear his energy, my boyfriend and my cat and my loved ones that live near and far. And then all people, <laughs> all yeah. animals, yeah. all plants, the planet itself And then I take some time to just feel gratitude and gratitude for the things that are already in my life and also for the things that I am in the process of manifesting. Mm -hmm. And I finish by um, giving myself a hug and just being affirming kindness for myself, remembering to be compassionate and kind to myself throughout the day. Oh, and then I also open up my arms and say, uh, thank you for all of the blessings. I'm totally open and receptive to all the goodness and abundance the universe provides. Oh, that's so beautiful. That was an, you just gave us all an attunement by walking us through. Oh, ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the daily thing. But I mean, I li- I love lighting candles and making mm. crystal grids and working with crystals and burning incense. And my writing practice is spiritual too. It's mm-hmm. like feels so so healing to me to open up and let divine energy flow through me it it is like an energy healing in itself yes and i also just being in nature Mm. important thing for me yes so beautiful and you live in a a, in the near the rocky mountains in colorado yes yes yeah yep in a a little town up in the rockies oh i love it so beautiful i agree Uh, i think a daily meditation well my story of forming a daily meditation, you know, I, I was meditating and it really hadn't occurred to me to do it every day. It, I just was doing it when I, you know, wanted to, which I wanted to all the time because it was very, I had, I had a very magical and very peaceful experience. And But then my husband and I were on a trip and it was actually when I was in my previous career. So it was like a work trip that I got to take my husband on and it was hosted and all this kind of thing. And But they wanted us to go to this one event, and I was kind of tired, and I didn't feel like going. So apparently I kind of was snippy about saying, man, I don't want to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and my husband, after the person left, my husband was like, did you meditate today? And I said, oh, no. And I was thinking like, oh, well, I didn't we – we're, tra- we're traveling. I didn't really have time. You know, that's always oh, the thing. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. And it wasn't judgmental at all. It was very compassionate, actually. It struck me as deeply compassionate. He goes, oh, okay, well, it's just – I know when you meditate, you know, you're more yourself and that just didn't quite seem like, you know, who you really are. And you were just, you know, a bit yeah. snippy or something. And I was like, whoa, really? You can tell when I did? Oh, my gosh. And so then I was Interesting. like, that's it then. I need to be me every day. Yeah. <laughs> the better version of me, at least. So that was it. I, I every it was like, OK, yeah, every day and, and starting the day, I, mine is morning as well. And I, I agree Yes, for spiritual seekers, I really think for, and everyone is is seeking spirit. I, I think yeah. that it's just fundamental. And people are, yeah. when you're sensitive, you. I say we, we we need to spend time in our native land because you can't possibly know if your boundaries are being, right. you know, challenged if you don't even know what you feel like. How could yeah. you know if you have your energy or somebody else's energy? You know what I mean? Like that's the whole thing. Totally fundamental to it. And, uh, you know, my friends who aren't necessarily, you know, into metaphysics or, you know, just 
that knowing that the self-affirming, the running that energy is actually the the thing that makes us who we're meant to be and how we serve one another and our children or whomever. We have conditioning that is where we associated feeling negative with success, you know, like clean your room, do your homework. And, and you, uh, yeah. you could clean your room and do your homework without being frightened or upset. You right. know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. is, it's an er- erroneous association that the child made. And so we, we have to give ourselves permission to allow life force to flow fluidly in the way that it would in feng shui. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rather right. than the static of the self negation. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, changing the paradigm because yeah. like so many of us notice like, oh, I really don't want to subscribe to that mainstream paradigm mm-hmm. of, you know, like body image or mm-hmm. um, or basing myself worth on my degree of success or whatever it is. Like we can acknowledge that doesn't resonate with me and I don't want to own that. Mm-hmm. But meditation is a great opportunity to really set like, okay, what are my values? Who am I instead of just like, letting yourself kind of be what however culture kind of indoctrinates you indoctrination that's a very good very strong word (laughs) very true yeah so folks say how how did you start to integrate a daily practice because of course people say well I don't have time I'm already not getting enough sleep blah, blah 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 so what advice do you have for people when they're intending to walk into a daily regular practice of self-devotion inner communion yeah well okay so your listeners and subscribers are tuned into energy so to really tap into the energy of it it is on the surface if we're thinking logically if we're thinking like in a newtonian sort of linear way Mm -hmm. then it that would make sense to say Mm -hmm. oh i don't have enough time to meditate i'm already too busy yeah but energetically what's interesting is when you meditate you actually create more time yes that's really how time time isn't how it seems (laughs) you can create more time and you can also if you do feel like you're so overwhelmed with things that you don't have space around enough space around things in your life in order to have your spiritual practice then clear your clutter sounds Mm. really simple but it's amazing how much time it creates in your schedule and i'm not i don't just mean like oh you don't have to look for things anymore and so you save time Mm -hmm. from looking for things it's like somehow connected to time i mean we do know like einstein did say time and space they're they're like the same right they Mm. seem to be different things to us but time and space are somehow the same i don't know maybe it's something about that (laughs) like you make more space in in your space and you have more time but it is palpable like have you ever had that experience yes definitely and i've had the experience oh my gosh where i really wanted to shift something in my space in my home and I kept not having time for it. And it was infuriating because I would see I would see that alignment every single day, that illus- illusory alignment uh, that yeah. that I want to clean that. I don't have time. I'm walking right. out the door. You know what I mean? And it was <laughs> and so, yes, but freeing that up. And uh, but also I'd say in your maybe the other side of it, too, if you cleared up the space of your schedule than this than the space of your physical home like for example if you didn't look at social media all day long or something like that because how many minutes does it steal you know how you can know if you go to the what is it the the settings in your phone and it shows you how much data you're using and you'll see like social media or even email how many times you check email when you don't need to the data usage will be super high on either social media or your or your email so just imagine if that data usage were minutes or hours and if you could kind of drain that out a little bit yeah (laughs) and yeah and that's clutter that's a form of clutter and everything's connected so you're really that is totally true if you Mm -hmm. clear clutter in the physical then the non-physical space opens up and vice versa. Yeah. For me too, I just, I started to value it. It just became a high value for me. Understanding rather than, you know, the the meditation and having time for it, it became a a high value. And I attached my highest values to it, which were the inner communion, which was shifting and changing my life, which means that all of the, the things that I'm manifesting physically and spiritually it was coming directly there and it just yeah. was the space I wanted to be more, you know, yeah. primarily, primordially, I wanted to be there. And then the timing just started to shift around. And the next thing I knew, I turned around and 
I could wake up anytime that I wanted to and meditate as long as I wanted to. And I made more money. You know what I mean? Like it was yes. crazy things. Yes. And it wasn't even like, oh, I, I quit that job. And that's how it happened. No, things right. just started to move around the intention. Exactly. Yeah. Making it a value. That's a really great point because I do feel like it's, I mean, I, I think I value meditation, meditating daily more than I value taking a shower or brushing mm-hmm. my teeth every totally. day. I mean, I do those things too, but I think meditation has such a, um, just, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like myself if I don't meditate and I just feel so, I mean, it, it helps you feel like you're really clear on your intention of mm-hmm. everything, who you are and what you want to create and healing your energy every day. I mean, it really, it's as a spiritual person, then you know, I think you're right. Everyone could benefit from having a meditation practice, but especially if you're listening to this or watching this, you know how important that is. Like your alignment, your goals, your joy, you know, those Mm -hmm. are all just the the benefits just blossom when you start meditating every day and you can start with just five minutes a day. Yes. Right. Because again, it's timeless. It creates timelessness. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, you can, mm-hmm. it'll expand more and more and mm-hmm. more, you'll have more and more time. And then if you skip a day, just, you know, if you skip a week, you skip a month, just start again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's how you start a habit. Yeah. I, I, that's, uh, I say you can, you know, if you, if you sit down, if you give yourself 10 minutes, then you can get maybe five minutes of breathing. And, and even if when you're starting, if the conscious mind is kind of going, it doesn't matter. The intention mm-hmm. is, is still what is setting things in motion and that it does start to it's actually a lot easier to get in shape with um asking your conscious mind to stand aside that working that muscle and getting it in shape happens a lot faster than getting physically strong or fit (laughs) moving the flesh takes a lot more (laughs) time and and energy than moving the non-physical would you agree that that actually happen can happen very quickly with the consistent intention yeah. And, you know, even just sitting there, like I, I, re- I don't know where I read it, but I feel like I remember reading at some point that the Buddhist teacher, the Vietnamese Buddhist teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, mm-hmm. you know, who wrote Pieces Every Step, that he said someone, maybe he said like Westerners often ask him, how, do, how can I meditate when my mind wanders all the time? And he said, well, just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Just sit there. And that I think getting in the habit, like if that's one of the things that keeps you from getting in the habit is, oh, I can't because my mind wanders all the time. Just let it wander, but just sit there for five minutes, Mm -hmm. set the timer and sit there. And then, you know, over time, maybe you'll start to feel like, oh, I can keep my attention on my breath. And then of course, it's just true for everybody. Your mind will wander. Mm -hmm. This is just like how it works. And that's what minds do. And then you just Every time you notice it, you just bring it back to the breath or you could do a guided meditation. You could do Mm -hmm. a chakra meditation. It really doesn't matter. I think the important thing is just sitting there. I agree. And in meditation, you commune with, well, unicorns, obviously, and guides. And that's something people are always very curious about. What has your experience been um, having a relationship or, or getting to know other kinds of entities in this vast ecosystem of spirit and the cosmos? Yeah, you know, you reminded me I left out if I describe my whole meditation, even though it doesn't necessarily take super long time, there are a lot of parts of it. Mm -hmm. And lately, I have been doing this really fun um, mandala meditation where I tune into the elements of the four directions. Mm -hmm. So air in the east, Mm -hmm. fire in the south water in the west, earth in the north, and then spirit is the up and down. Mm -hmm. And I do that by calling on the archangels Mm -hmm. of the direction. So Raphael is the air, Mm -hmm. archangel and Michael fire, Gabriel is water, Uriel is earth, and then Sandalfon is um, connecting with the core of the earth and Metatron connecting with the cosmos. So that's spirit, central, like a battery. Uh Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And so I connect with them and then I do have another part of the mandala practice where I connect with guides of mine that are more associated with the different directions or elements. And as far as meeting the guides, how did I ever meet them? I mean, I do guide people in my workshops and in my um, meditations sometimes 
through I can guide people to meet their archangel or their mm-hmm. uh, guardian angel or their spirit animal and it's like you kind of you can do it a number of ways but I think if you clear your mind and fill your mind with light fill your space with light you know really feel like you're anchored into the earth connected with the cosmic light flowing through maybe you could do like a chakra clearing meditation mm-hmm. and then just set that intention to open up to meet your guardian angel might be a good way to start if you haven't connected with your, you know, other guides yet or your spirit animal, or you could start with your spirit animal. Mm-hmm. I feel like spirit animal is good to have some kind of trancey music playing. I like um, Anugama, the mm-hmm. uh, shamanic dream is really good in my workshops for connecting with your totem animal, your spirit animal, wow, like cool. the animal that represents your soul. And you could do like a meditation where you go through nature, like some maybe climb a mountain and walk through a cave and come out into a beautiful clearing at the top of a mountain and see who you meet, you know, and then mm. it's really interesting to meet these guides because they, um, it's like just when I just tap into my animal spirit guide or my guardian angel, there's like a certain kind of I don't know if I actually have words I don't really communicate with them in words but Mm -hmm. it's an energy yeah it's a connection to who I am and to my sense of protection my connection with spirit wow it's beautiful and so, yeah, just being in that energy and, and really, yeah, just filling yourself with light, right? And affirming it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people are like, I tried, but I can't. And it's like, well, that's the energy you're putting into it <laughs> is mm-hmm. I tried and I can't try not <laughs> do or do not. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, wow. We are actually out of time, but uh, the time just flew. And I feel like there was so much beautiful energy and so much uh, practical, which is, I think, you know, what you are known for, what you and Natasha are known for in the Magic Monday podcast and the Good Vibe Tribe Online School of Magical Arts, Tess Whitehurst. Is there anything else that you would you share with people how they can get in touch with you and the different things? They'll, everything will be in the description. But as people are listening audio, uh, on the audio, let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Oh, thank you. Um, you can find me online at TessWhitehurst.com, on Instagram at Tess4444, Facebook, Tess Whitehurst author, Twitter, Tess Whitehurst, and my YouTube channel is Tess Whitehurst. And don't forget to pre-order, or if you're listening sometime post-November uh, of 2019, order Unicorn Magic, Tess Whitehurst's book that is brand new coming fresh hot off the presses. I'm so excited. It's going to be, I can, I can just feel it. I'm really excited about it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being here, Tess. And if you, I would love to have you on again sometime. And I'm going to actually reach out to Natasha too and see if Natasha will come on this program. But oh, thank, cool. Yeah. Thank you for all the work that you're doing on our beautiful planet. You are really a treasure. So thank you for being on this program. So are you, and thank you. And thank you, everyone, who connected with this episode. A reminder to please review the podcast, like, subscribe, share, YouTube, and the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I love you whoever you are.